When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And as you know, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. But today, we're coming to you again from our respective homes, closets, actually, as the coronavirus pandemic continues to keep us all kind of in place, if you will. And like we talked about on last week's episode, Jamie, that's been difficult for a lot of folks for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, Jim, I mean, I have a nice little yard and a great city park just down the street. But I have to admit that I'm like really jonesing for a forest right now, you know, or like a mountain or a beach or anything, you know, but these difficult times call for sacrifices from all of us. And, you know, for us, that means not traveling, not going on our favorite hikes, not going on any road trips or adventures, but staying inside, staying close to home. Yeah. And, you know, amid all of this, I I think one of the ways that we can be maybe helpful is not the right word, but I don't know that we can offer our constructive support during this time is to talk about some of the things that we're doing right now to you know, stay safe while we are outside walking around or riding bikes or going on a run or whatever, but also some of the ways that we're coping, for lack of a better word, with staying put mostly for two pretty active people. We're not exactly moving at our normal speed. And Jim, I think coping is actually the perfect word because, you know, like we discussed last week, there are obviously bigger issues going on in the world than yeah. not being able to go outside. But I also think it's important to highlight how important these things have been for our mental health and for our physical health. And not being able to go and take care of ourselves in the way that we're used to is a really big deal. So I know that I've had to learn a lot of different ways to to cope with that and to stay healthy and to keep you know sane really, uh, amid this, what feels like a lockdown. Yeah, I mean, so this is, we're recording on Tuesday, March 31st, and this is, I think today, Jamie, is the two-week anniversary of the first day that the Oregonian advised its folks to stay home unless you need to be in the office to get anything, stay home. So we've settled into a little bit of a routine by now, and I think by no means are we experts at the work-from-home deal, but we've done it now for a couple of weeks, and I know I have a couple of things that I've done that I'm not usually doing that kind of have helped me feel productive during this time. Well, lay it on us, Jim. What's like your first thing that you go to that is helping you out right now? I mean, the biggest thing that I've done is staying more active predominantly through running. 
so that's nothing novel. But I usually, uh, I'm a bike commuter, at least biking to and from work, if not also the gym, where I go to a rock climbing gym. I find rock climbing indoors and outdoors very fun. It's a midweek challenge. It's something I look forward to. And it's a way for me to kind of burn off some steam during the week. And I don't have that right now. So I've been spending a lot of time running every other day or more going out for a few miles and just letting myself put on a podcast or put on some music and go. And thankfully, I don't live in an area that is like super, super high foot traffic where all the sidewalks are clogged with people. And I am having a hard time distancing. It really hasn't been difficult at all. So that coupled with you know, occasional bike rides and very consistent kind of walking around my neighborhood has been great. The running sounds like a really smart thing for you and something I've seen a lot of people do. As we discussed on our running episode, that's something that I don't do at all. (laughs) Uh, I've been trying to keep up a walking regimen which has been difficult for several reasons. I mean, one being that the social distancing factor can be difficult when I'm walking to places like Peninsula Park, which is near where I live. And, you know, some of the sidewalks around this area, which do get a little bit crowded, especially on the weekends. Jim, you and I were talking before we started recording uh, about a hike I did this past weekend, or I guess we can't really call it a hike, but a, a long walk from my house to Forest Park ended up being like 12 miles of, of walking, which is something that when I'm in hiking season, that's something I that's doable for me in a day. Uh, of course, you know, hiking 12 miles, miles on a trail is very different than walking 12 miles on a sidewalk, which is something that my body learned immediately and was not happy about afterwards. So, you know, that was a lesson that was hard for me to learn that I can't just replicate my regular hiking regimen here in the city, that I have to adapt it to fit the environment that I'm now sort of confined to. So I'm looking right now at figuring out, okay, well, how can I get that same kind of physical activity? Can I find some steeper hills around my neighborhood? Can I just maybe make sure to go out every day or walk a little faster or find some other ways to sort of replicate that physical activity? So in the meantime, though, for me, a lot of what's been keeping my body sort of fit and physical is just kind of a daily regimen of stretching, which I've paired with yoga, my Tai Chi practice, and it's just making sure that my, my ligaments are all you know, nice and loose and stretched out, that my, my muscles are staying uh, you know, as fit as they can be in that regimen. And really just making sure I do that every day is the goal, making sure that that becomes a routine. I think that's really one of the important things when implementing any of these kind of new regimens and helping us stay sane during this time is making a strict routine and utilizing that self-discipline to stay with it. You know, Jim, I, I imagine that's something that you've been working with too, with your running. I mean, that's it would take, I imagine, some some discipline to maintain that routine. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Jamie. And two things that immediately come to mind is one, you know, we all have a routine where, you know, whether you're going to school, whether you're going to the office, whether you're caring for a child, you're retired, whatever it may be, everyone has kind of a daily routine. And one of the things that I've found is, you know, if you take away going to the gym, you take away commuting time going to work, you have a little bit of extra, quote unquote, free time on your hands. And my goal is to try to use that free time productively. Mm. So 
whether it's going on runs or riding my bike or simply just kind of walking around my immediate neighborhood core, I'm just trying to stay active in some way each day outdoors. And it helps break up the workday as well, which I think is important. I've also brought a few new indoor activities into my life or at least added frequency to those things. So I also like doing a decent bit of stretching, especially in combination with outdoor activity. So I've kind of laid out my yoga mat, done some decent stretching here and there. Also took a online yoga class this past weekend kind of a live stream it was really hard i'm not one to like shouldn't say i'm not one to go to a yoga class it's not something i usually do have ever done before i've just watched videos online but i took a class found it really engaging and i wouldn't quite say fun because it was really hard (laughs) and i was kind of i i didn't know all of the moves so i was kind of stumbling over myself at times but that was great and a new way for me to get active And then I've also tried doing a workout plan that's designed for people who like to do the kinds of things I like to do. It's called Uphill Athlete. So for folks who are doing a lot of mountain activity, a lot of stuff to kind of maintain and grow that fitness potentially while you're not able to actually be out in the mountains. So I'm trying to intersperse that program with my other kind of day-to-day physical activity. And that's that's new and different for me because I don't usually do a structured workout per se. So I like that. Yeah, that's a difficulty I've found too is how do I structure this? Because I'm so used to just going out to the trail and that's my mm-hmm. exercise. One of the troubles I've found too early on here is what does my body need? You know, that's a, a thing that I don't really ask myself very often. And that's where continuing a regular meditation practice has been really helpful for me. In that meditation, I can just sort of check in with my body and see like, you know, what do my legs need right now? What does, you know, my upper body need? How is my stomach doing? All of that stuff. And in doing that is where I kind of found that my arms were really something that were being neglected inside. And it's not that I do a lot of, you know, arm stuff outside anyway. I'm not a rock climber or a mountain climber or anything like that. But I think there's just some basic exercise that the arms normally get when I'm Mm -hmm. out and about in the world. And so in my stretching routine, which also includes a little bit of yoga that our colleague Lizzie Acker taught us at work, I've included just some general like, you know, push-ups and sit-ups. And that's kind of like gym class stuff that was already in the back of my head just to sort of start that going and give that, you know, that part of my body something that it needed, a little bit of exercise. But it's difficult to know, like you said, Jim, if you, if you don't go to yoga classes, which like you, I've been to a couple, but it hasn't really been a part of my routine. It's difficult to know where to start. And I love that you found one of these streaming yoga classes. I know that there's a lot of these going on, whether it's yoga, meditation, other more intensive workouts. There's all kinds of stuff people are doing that are streaming these for free now. And that's a really great way not just to learn some of these new exercises, but also to stay in touch with the community. It seems like a really cool evolution that's happening right now. And it's nice to take advantage of that and to just be a part of that. Yeah. And it falls in, Jamie, with giving your body what you need. You know, we all crave, or at least I can say I crave having some level of human interaction throughout the day. And I'll admit it's 1042 a.m. on this fine Tuesday, and you're the first person I've talked to in verbal form 
all day long. I started my day at 5 a.m., and for whatever odd reason, I haven't placed a phone call today or received one, uh, which is abnormal probably for a reporter. But, you know, I've been slamming away on a couple of things. And just to have a connection here today talking with someone is meaningful and helpful and and keeps a semblance of normal day-to-day life. So building in those kinds of things, too, while not a physical deal, is important. You know, I've seen a lot of people hopping on video chats with old friends or making sure they're connected with their parents or their family or whomever it may be, their loved ones, through the technology available at our fingertips these days. So that's an important component as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jim, I'm happy to be interacting with you today. (laughs) (laughs) Great to provide some of that that, uh, social interaction for each other. It is really nice to be able to continue this podcast um, and to share that with people. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it, it is. And in line with uh, what we were talking about, taking care of your body, I want to talk for a minute too about diet because that's something when we're out on the trail, we're being more physically active. I know that I really make, make it a point to focus on my diet, to eat healthy, to keep my body good and keep that fuel good so that I'm staying safe and healthy out there. And when we're more sedentary, we're inside a lot more. I know it can be a lot easier. I know I've been feeling just like these cravings toward things like, you know, sugar and fats and a beer or some whiskey or whatever the case may be. And I allowed myself to indulge in that here and there. But I'm at this point now trying to find that balance where like, yes, those are things that can help us feel a little bit better. And they're things that can be fun and can be nice comfort. I think it's also important if we're taking care of our bodies to just remember that those things we should ingest in balance and to not just completely throw the good diet that maybe we're keeping when we're more physically active outside, just throw it out the window and really remember to sort of retain part of that at least while we're inside. I think that's something that I know for myself at least as I'm really making sure I still eat healthy has made me feel really good. So a lot of those, those fatty foods and those sugary foods and alcohol too, especially, it doesn't always feel great in the long term. And that's something just to keep in mind as we're out here trying to find our own ways to cope. That balance, I think, is something, again, for me, that is has really been helpful throughout this time. I'd even raise you one more. I mean, this opportunity that we have, if you look at it as an opportunity, being home, it gives you the opportunity to maybe push yourself in the kitchen a little bit more, make something, some things that maybe are outside your normal recipe rundown and treat yourself a little bit better, uh, you know, food wise. I mean, it's kind of just a running joke in our newsroom that I eat only boiled chicken, <laughs> which like I've never done in my life, but somehow that stuck as just like what I Wait, do. You don't actually boil um, chicken? I have come to my own defense on many, many times where I've never boiled chicken in my life. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, despite... I'm so sorry for jumping on that <laughs> joke. I didn't know that wasn't true. No, I don't even know that I've eaten. I've probably eaten boiled chicken, but I don't have a particular affinity for it. But kind of the joke is that I just don't, when I cook for myself, I just don't make very amazing food. But I'm trying to step up my game a little bit and use a little bit of that extra time that I have at home to cook things that are a little bit better. And I'm not going to say I'm doing that every day, but I went and picked up some really good ingredients the end of last week, made a really nice curry dish that lasted through Monday. So I got several days out of it. 
and was really happy with that as opposed to making just like one of my signatures i it's like a, a literal dish just called crappy pasta <laughs> like uh penne pasta with red sauce out of a can with like some veggies and some chicken which is fine that sounds great it's okay but i can't do that over and over and over well i can i guess i've shown that i can but <laughs> you know if i'm here at home and i have the time there's not a lot of excuse for not at least trying a new recipe here and there so there's a challenge for you jamie make something new you know jim i also tend to cook the same thing over and over again it's very healthy um, but it is pretty much the same dish just with different spices and slightly different vegetables so you know i will take up that challenge i'll make something new i like that a lot all right we're gonna circle back onto this in a future episode and we can do peak northwest cooking edition (laughs) uh for like two minutes and go on about that i'm looking forward to it. it jamie for now though i think we should take a short break and when we come back we're gonna talk a little bit about social distancing etiquette when we are outside Okay, folks, we are back talking about staying active, staying in good mental and physical shape during the coronavirus outbreak, which is keeping many of us at home. Jamie, when we do go outside, kind of the rule of the road is to keep that social distance. And you actually wrote up a story that kind of runs down what you should be considering while outside. So, Jamie, I'll kind of hand it over to you. What's the right etiquette here? Yeah, this is something we looked at that basically helps people to figure out how do I keep six feet of social distance? What other things do I need to keep in mind to stay safe when I'm going outside during this coronavirus? Because as Governor Kate Brown has said, it is okay to still go outside to exercise so long as we keep a six foot social distance. And that's a really strict rule that she's trying to make sure that we all keep. So I think the first thing we need to think about is how far is six feet anyway? That's not something that we're really used to measuring out of thin air. So what I found was a few different comparisons that help us out. So most dog leashes, the ones that aren't necessarily retractable, but your solid dog leashes, those are going to be about six feet long. So if you have a dog, just make sure nobody gets between you and your dog. That's a pretty easy way to do it. Those of us who don't have dogs, an average bicycle is a little less than six feet long. So that's something you can think of. And for anyone who's a kayaker, if you imagine yourself kayaking around, the front of the boat should be just about five feet in front of you. So just make sure you're not bumping into anyone with the front of your imaginary boat and you can get through (laughs) just fine. Got to keep a wide berth. That's right. If you will. That's right. To kind of keep moving from that, the second tip on your list is stick close to home. And this is something that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. I've kind of said that my personal rule is if it's outside of a reasonable biking distance, I probably shouldn't be going there right now. You know, you referenced going on a long walk to Forest Park. I think that's okay. I rode my bike on Sunday around kind of a meandering ride all over from southeast Portland where I live into southwest Portland and northwest Portland and just kind of kept my distance easily from others. But generally speaking, stick close to home, right? You don't have to go far to kind of reap the benefits of being outside. Exactly. And it is worth remembering, though, that anytime you leave your house, you are putting yourself at risk, which takes us to the third Mm -hmm piece of advice we have here, which is slow down, step back, step around people. When I was out walking to Forest Park, I was going down uh, Willamette Boulevard through North Portland and has fairly wide sidewalks. They're probably, you know, four feet wide or so. And it was 
really interesting to see how people maintained that wide berth. So joggers coming the other way would jog into the bike lane as long as no one was biking down. And people would sort of step up onto the lawns on either side of the sidewalk in order to give people as much social distance as possible. That said, there were a lot of times when I would be making sure I kept social distance and all of a sudden a jogger would pass right beside me from behind and I'd have no idea, you know? So you can't prevent every person from getting close to you. And that's something I think we need to consider, but we can do our best. And I think when you're out there, just make sure you're keeping that wide berth and, you know, maybe slow your pace. If you're getting too close to somebody or someone crosses the street, just maybe shift your walk to the side a little bit. It doesn't mean you can't still be friendly with people. I think a smile or Mm -hmm. a wave or a polite, excuse me, goes a long way these days. And I found that when I was keeping a wide berth from people, it was really nice just to exchange a smile to say, look, this isn't personal. We're just trying to stay safe. Yeah. And right now folks can use an extra smile maybe, or a little wave or a nod or whatever it may be, but we're all in this together and that's worth keeping in mind. That also kind of is a a natural segue to number four on your list. Don't gather in groups. It's kind of a given, Jamie, Mm -hmm. at this point. Don't do it. The executive order from the governor prohibits gatherings of any size if you can't maintain six feet of social distance while you're there. I mean, that sounds really doable when you're out, let's say, in a park, but you're probably better off not taking that risk is kind of, I think, where we both come down here. Yeah, it can be really easy to start to bend those rules once you're hanging out with friends. And that's something that you're just better off not risking it at this point. Yeah. You know, I haven't been perfect in not seeing anybody, but it's important to not kind of continually put yourself in that situation, especially as we've learned more about how the coronavirus outbreak is coming along. Yeah. And I think that takes us into number five in the list here, which is try not to touch anything. When you go to city parks, which are still open, there are a lot of surfaces that are still commonly touched. I don't know that there's a lot of public restrooms still open, but I think there are some that are. And obviously those are places where you're going to see a lot of surfaces that are only as clean as the last person who touched them. Playground equipment is closed, but obviously there's not caution tape around all of it. You're seeing lots of handrails or, you know, some exercise equipment that also I believe is technically closed that I've seen people in Peninsula Park here still use. I think it's best to just keep your hands in your pockets, keep your hands to yourselves and just don't touch anything right now. That's, I think, the safest way to go. Yep. And number six, if you can't maintain social distance, just don't go. Don't do it. It goes without saying. Yeah, just don't go. It's an easy tip and one that we could all keep in mind right now, I think. So, Jamie, kind of, you know, enough with the tips, the tricks. I want to know what is one thing, as we kind of round out this episode of the podcast, one thing that you're doing to kind of keep your adventure stoke alive? You know, Jim, I'm not much of a video game person. I don't play a lot of video games, but recently sitting at home, I dusted off the old GameCube and uh, started playing a Zelda game, Zelda Twilight Princess, I think is what it's called. And, you know, I found it to be strangely really soothing. It's a game where I'm, you know, the character's running around in fields and climbing mountains and swimming in lakes. And it's, you know, it's not obviously the same as me doing it, But there's something about that escapism to that natural world in this video game that's just been feeling really nice every now and then. That's cool. I would not have guessed that 
is where you were going to go with that question. <laughs> but I appreciate that. And I'd be lying if I said that it hadn't crossed my mind of, hmm, I wonder what video game or, or anything like that I might get into. Of course, I don't have an old GameCube sitting around, so there's not going to be any video gaming for me. <laughs> but alas, that sounds fun. I'm glad you found that for yourself. Yeah, Jim, what about you? What is one thing to keep your adventurous side going? You know, I mean, it does go back to physical activity, but, you know, I've been watching videos of, you know, adventures and this and that myself. But one thing my buddy brought over, I don't know if you've ever heard, Jamie, of a hangboard. Does that mean anything to you? So think, you know, pull up bar is, uh, you know, a fairly standard piece of exercise equipment, A, a variation, not even a variation, I guess, but Similar concept, but for climbers, generally speaking. I would think only climbers use it. Maybe others do too. I don't know. But a board that has different holes in it uh, that you hang from, plain and simple, or different little ledges that you can hang from and do pull-ups from or, or, or whatever you may do, knee raises, that kind of thing. Climbers work really hard to maintain kind of a level of endurance and strong fingers and forearms that you're probably not going to maintain all that stuff just through like running and fairly quote-unquote normal exercise routines. So my buddy has two hangboards and he brought over one of them and I mounted it in my basement. Stupidly, I mounted it upside down, he since told me, <laughs> which is a little bit of just like a major doofus move on my end. But I'm, I've done two hangboard workouts now after he brought it by and That's just a way that I'm keeping in mind my kind of rock climbing and something I want to get into and maybe even make uh, some gains in terms of finger strength, forearm strength, and at least do what I can to maintain uh, as best as possible without just hanging all the time and overtraining and spending time in my basement, which isn't overly luxurious by any means. So, Well, you're going to be ready for Smith Rock when uh, whenever you can go back. I hope so. I I hope so. I I just don't want to, you know, lose a lot of climbing momentum, I guess, that I've built for myself by being in the gym uh, for the past several months. I know when you stop, it can set you back quite a bit. And I can't really climb in the gym right now or climb outside anywhere. So it's, it's nice to at least have some level of kind of rock climbing specific focus in my house. And don't get me wrong, my basement isn't the worst place in the world. I can hang out there, literally speaking, um, <laughs> and and have a good time. I'm actually excited about it, and I'm thankful that my buddy brought it over because it'll help me out, I think. I'm really happy you have that, Jim. That seems like a great way to continue to stay active and keep those strengths in your, your arms and fingers alive. We'll see how I like it in a week. Uh, but for now, <laughs> it's uh, it's treating me well. So, Jamie, I think it's time to go, but it, it's been great to hear your voice. And uh, you too, I, I'm glad that we're still, still doing these podcast episodes. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, until you hear from us next, you can subscribe to Peak Northwest wherever you get your podcasts. Watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale, Brooke Herbert, and Dave Killen. And one note before we let you go, if you like our show, you should check out our other podcasts, Beat Check with Andrew Thien and the new Oregon Lives podcast with Samantha Swindler and Tom Holman. Stay safe, stay healthy, and happy non-travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.